We just wrapped up with Lauren Nicole Johnson, who is one of our favorite guests. We've had her before, um, not quite a year ago, but she's the New York Yankees mental conditioning coordinator. Uh, I want to make sure I get that right this time because we had to start the podcast over the first time because I couldn't talk and introduce <laughs> her correctly. But uh, Lauren's awesome. I, you know, I, I joked on the podcast that I feel like anytime we have her on, like the IQ level of the show goes way up. Uh, definitely not because of me. Um, definitely because of, of her. And she's just super smart and has a passion. I guess my favorite thing about Lauren is that it's not like she's just coming in here dropping all this knowledge. Like mm -hmm. she says these things with a lot of passion mm -hmm. and like a lot of fire behind it. And so yeah. um, it's easy to see why she could, you know, really kind of get into the depths of an athlete's mind and get the very best out of them because you can just tell there's so much passion there to do so. Um, right. So, you know, this one, you know, like I said, she's done it before. So if you want to get more of her backstory, go back to our previous episode with her to hear that. But this one's kind of a bunch of random thoughts about uh, mental conditioning, uh, what athletes are thinking in different situations. I was asking her random questions about, mm -hmm. you know, mountain biking. It's, it's a fun episode. We love having her on. So yeah. uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. But Deb, yeah. what did you, what did you think? Well, no, what a fun, cool job. I want her job. Like just hearing her talk. I know. Like, you guys will love it. Like just like, and like Josh said, like there's a fire behind like what, because you can tell she's passionate about it. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to motivate people and I want to have <laughs> those cool things to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so she definitely has a cool, cool job that I just, Absolutely. that would be so cool. Um, obviously there's lots of hard work that goes into what she does and it's a gift. It seriously is a gift though, like yeah. to be able to do what she does. So, um, sure. but we're, we always, ha it's a, always a pleasure having her on. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. You're in for a treat. So here she is. Yep. See yeah. you. Bye. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And today's guest is the New York Yankees mental conditioning coordinator, Lauren Nicole Johnson. What's going on? Hey, oh, not much. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah. We're glad you came back. Uh, I did want to start off by asking you, because I've listened to some of your interviews that you've done since being on our show, and they've been some awesome ones. I mean, you were on Matt Bodro's podcast, who we've had on, and all of these amazing interviews. And you still decided to come back to our podcast. I yes. don't know why. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. Just, I mean, I remember you guys were uh, amongst some of the first podcasts I've ever done. And um, you guys just have a way of making your guests feel comfortable. It just comes through in all the podcasts, even the ones I've listened to that you've done. So um, I certainly felt that way. And I was so excited when you guys asked me to come back. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. We'll Thank take you so the much. compliment. Yes. Absolutely. Because like I was listening to these other podcasts. I'm like, oh, we're not the same. We're, not, we're much different. <laughs> but I think, that's what, I think that's the beauty of these podcasts is that yeah. everybody has their own style. And I just, I, your style, this really works for me. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So it makes sense why you came back then. We're very, we're very professional over here. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. professional. Yeah. Buttoned up to all the way. To the top. <laughs> all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. we, our joke is everybody leaves the podcast saying, podcast saying, hey, that was really conversational. It's like, we know, we know what that really means. It's like, what means. It's like, oh yeah, you're really nice. And you're like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the exact same thing. So, but yeah. hey, as you know, from the last podcast, we, Deb likes to start off our guests with some warm up questions. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. All ready? right, here we go. Ready? Okay. So <clears throat> this qu- first question um, just has to do with, of course, like COVID and quarantine. So now I don't, I don't know if, things will ever go back to normal. You know what I'm saying? Pre-COVID, I don't know. But if you can picture a world like, let's say we do get to go back sometime in the future um, and we and it's, and it's normal. Uh, no masks, you can go do whatever you want. Um, is there something that you would be like dying to do uh, post-quarantine or post-COVID or, or somewhere you wanna go or someplace you wanna visit? I wanna go to a concert. Ah, so okay. She like had that ready. What, was ready. Well, I, when you said that, yeah. I was like, I know this answer already because I talk oh. about it like every day. I like, oh I gosh. specifically, if I could choose who I would go see, I would go see Luke Combs in concert. Oh, oh nice. Okay. Now, have you been to one of his concerts? No, which is why I really oh. want to go. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. But that would be probably at least I'd want him somewhere in the lineup. There you nice. go. Yeah, I was, that was that amazing. one of those was that one of those concerts? I feel like there's a lot of people that love music that have these stories, <laughs> these COVID stories where it's like, dang, I had tickets in this month during the summer, but they canceled the tour. Was there anything like that? Was there one coming this way that you were looking forward to that got canceled? Uh, like a loop? Um, uh, I not that I knew knew of at the time. Um, there there was one coming. I don't know if it ended up. I can't remember when it was, but I was like, I had my eye on it, but I don't think I could go just because. You know, baseball season typically you I don't have this time during the season, so I never even right. consider going. Um, but I did uh, purchase Joe Rogan tickets actually for my husband for his birthday, oh. and um, I'm sorry for our anniversary, not his birthday, which was yeah. in September, and that got canceled. That's yeah, that was that, a, that was a big tour he was doing too. So that was a yeah. So we're we're looking forward to it next year, but but that was yeah. one that I am looking forward to seeing once he comes back. Got it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I love how you had that ready to go. So hopefully fingers crossed for all of us, we can go to concerts soon. Um, So my next question is, you know, just, you know, with your profession, um, you know, just being like mental coordinator, um, what everyone has like a physical fear and like a mental fear, you know? So if you can think of one physical fear you have and one mental fear you have, what would it be? Like my physical fear is spiders, like hands down, like it, I just like, will run away, put a cup over a spider and not the, but the yeah. mental fear can be the tough one. No, definitely spiders and snakes are, is a oh, physical snakes. fear for me. <laughs> just like, it's not, I mean, I revert to like childlike. <laughs> like I, if, if yeah, it, it's actually quite funny because if I'm by myself and I have no other choice, I typically have like, it, I react totally different than when my husband's home. When my husband's <laughs> home, I'm like, ah, you get it. But if I'm by myself, I'm like, you're going to die. And so it just, it, it just kind of depends. I've, I've learned this about myself that there's a distinct pattern based on who's home. Right. So I would say spiders and snakes for physical Hmm, mental fear. Um, I think my biggest mental fear would be regret. Not mm. doing something that I really wanted to do going after it. 
um, right. would be regretting not trying. That's gotcha. good. That's, that's a good one. Good. Yeah. So regret spiders and snakes. That's a solid yeah, list. Got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Lauren, if we're, if we're ever together, I can't help you with the spider thing, but I got you on the snakes. I have no problem picking up snakes. Yeah. She has a weird issue. Oh yeah. I've had like an illegal black, whatever snake wrapped around me before, like off the black market and just walking around. <laughs> oh yeah. It's no. an issue. <laughs> I actually send, I send a text message to my friend who lives in Florida mm -hmm. on like, a reserve. And every time she has animals pass by, she'll send, she'll like post videos and stuff. And I will send her a text every single time that says, no, thank you. Yeah. And she goes, you send me this every time. I'm like, well, just in case you wonder if you sit on this, I just wanted you to know. <laughs> You're like hard pass. <laughs> hard well, so pass. I, I hate to say this to someone who hates snakes, but like I saw this, so I feel like I need to pass this on. Uh, on Instagram, probably like three or four months ago, someone posted, I think it was Barstool Sports posted something where a snake was coming out of a toilet. Mm -mm. that's like that's like my biggest fear like it's like that's specific kind of fear yeah and ever since i saw that picture i'm like i'm like constantly looking down like i'm <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just that's horrible that sounds terrible i know it is like i just you know uh, yeah we don't need to go into it too much more but it's, it's a yeah. terrifying thought yeah, you know? yeah so anytime the toilet makes a sound i'm like wait a minute <laughs> you know i'm going to run at any moment so. you just anyway, that's yeah. exactly it. Okay. Enough You're about psyching that. yourself out. <laughs> until, um, until it happens, then it's like, oh, it came true. Yeah. So anyways, right. third question. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, Lauren. So I'm going to ask the classic life song question. So if you can't, so did you answer this last time? You yeah. answered the life song question. Did. You did. Okay. So now <laughs> from way back when, you know, is there a different life song that you can think of just because so much has changed? Like not only, obviously it's been a while since, you know, we've got to talk to you on this podcast, but COVID and just life happens. And so if sometimes there's a shift in song. So what would be your life song now, your up-to-date life song? That's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I love music, but if you want to ask like the song title and name and all that, like, <laughs> I can't even tell. Half the time, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this is called. I just know I like it. Um, honestly, though, probably, and this may seem weird because it's not necessarily a life song, but it's more so like what I enjoy. So I guess it could be that, but is uh, like James Taylor. I love James Taylor, like music. I think it reminds me of my family. And so I think if I had a life song, like it would be something like that. Because I think one of the things that, you know, this time, this, especially 2020 has revealed to me is how important my family and my relationships are. Um, I think it's forced us all to really slow down and focus on our values. And so I think that probably a, a James Taylor song, um, shoot, why can't I think of it? Of course, see, I told you I'm not very good with the song names. Um, <laughs> but there's one, oh, I posted it the other day too. Man. Anyway, it's about like, it's easy to like, you make it easy to love you. Um, oh, nice. I like that one because it just makes yeah. me, it reminds me of my family and barbecues and obviously like my husband. And yeah. That's oh, awesome. that's good. See, you Great did course. have a song. Yeah. That's that's song. We'll have, there yeah. you go. Good. Yeah. Well, good job. You survived. Nice. Survived. Nice job. <laughs> <The horrible question. laughs> Thank you. My tort, my torture questions as my our guests probably want to call it by now. <laughs> I love yeah. Um, 
So normally this is where we would ask you about your, your background and all that stuff, but we've already had that conversation. So if you're interested in hearing all that, go back to our previous podcast with Lauren. Uh, <laughs> this time we, get, we just get to ask you random questions that I, I think uh, I find interesting and hopefully everybody else will too. So uh, no particular order. This is just kind of going to go all over the place, but I do want to start with, I guess, the, uh, the elephant in the room. Obviously the Yankees did not... Uh, continue on past was it the ALCS or is it ALDS yeah the DS yeah so um which is a huge bummer because it's a weird thing like I've never really thought that much about Yankees games I'm a huge mm -hmm. baseball fan but it's like we had you on the show we had Justin Sua who's the uh performance oh. coach of the Rays yeah. so it's like this is weird like I'm watching these games with a different perspective now right we've, ha we've had some connection to people that are connected to the teams um so my first question is do you because obviously when you're you're an athlete or you're a, a sports fan you get nervous when your team's competing like you're connected to the team in a different way do you get really nervous during yankees games it, yeah i do i get nervous honestly watching any championship oh, really? uh, whether it's sports or not but i definitely do obviously like it's i have a little bit more connection to the yankees games um, but I actually, it's so funny. My husband and I didn't realize we both did this, but we figured it out after watching, um, I think it was the world series last year. And I get nervous when I watch it kind of like the a similar way that you would in a movie. Um, when you're watching it and like suddenly your, your, your physiological, these physio physiological signs kind of start to creep up. You start feeling your heart starts racing. You might feel tense and you may not even be present to it at the moment. Um, but if somebody said like, Hey, how are you feeling right now? You'd be like, Oh, whoa, I didn't realize these responses. I actually use them to practice, um, like mindfulness techniques and breathing and, um, trying to like get myself back to the present moment. I try and actually use those little moments. And my husband and I both realized we both did this. <laughs> um, oh, no way. It was using any of these moments to like actually help practice mental skills. But, uh, but yes, the answer to that roundabout answer to that question was that, yes, I, I do feel all of that. Okay. Mm. I, it would be hard not to, I think. I mean, like I said, right. just when you're like a fan of a team, like I feel, I feel nervous when I'm watching my, my favorite teams play. So if I had that kind of connection to the team, I can't imagine. It's like my mom, when I, when I used to play baseball, my mom was the most nervous person in the entire crowd because yeah. she's like, I just hate this so much because I'm just nervous every at bat, every pitch you throw, it's just driving me crazy. So, um, and that's interesting because I did have another question about like how you, if you find yourself in a position where like right now with the pandemic, things are, can get crazy and chaotic and, and there's probably days where you are just like, your mind's all over the place. And I was going to ask like how you bring yourself back to a focused place, but it sounds like you just watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way. That's one yeah. way for sure. Um, but I don't watch sports all day. Uh, so I will tell you that like one of the techniques that I use, um, and I've talked about this before, um, on, like on my own Instagram is that I use a, what I what we call an anchor, which I always kind of use this, um, analogy, um, uh, the analogy of a ship in a Harbor and that our mind is like a ship in a Harbor and a ship without an anchor is subject to moving when the wind blows and is at risk for being taken out to sea. However, like our minds, a ship with an anchor, while it may move, it's not going to move very far. And so we can, we can anchor our mind um, back to the present by either, number one, we can focus on our breathing. We can only breathe in the present moment. And so when we bring our attention to our breathing, you're locking yourself right back into the moment that you're in. Um, another way you can do it is by naming one thing you hear, one thing you see, and one thing that you feel. 
Um, we do this a lot. I do this a lot with um, my pitchers. So in between pitches, if they're struggling or they're focusing so much on this past thing or a past mistake, or they're fearful of what could happen in the future, if they don't execute, it's okay. Like, our minds can exist in the past, present, and future, but our bodies can only exist in the present. So when our mind is too far in the past or too far in the future, it's going to impact our ability to perform in the present moment. So it's important that we notice when it drifts and then bringing it back because it's unrealistic to believe we can live a life without distraction. It's going to happen. So instead of avoiding the distraction, it's how do we respond to it? Those are the people that become really good at focusing. It's not that they ever don't become focused or, or become unfocused or they become distracted. It's that they are able to bring their mind back when it becomes distracted. Their response is greater than the impact of what happened. So, um, so when it comes to that, we can, we can use, we can use these different anchoring techniques to bring our mind back when we start to get distracted or pulled in our attention gets pulled in different directions. Um, and so for our guys, it's, you know, sometimes it might be like you hear the crowd you feel like the leather or the, the, um, you know, the, the leather on the baseball, um, you smell the fresh cut grass, you know, whatever that is. So those three things kind of anchor you back in the moment. And then the third way we can do this is by answering the question, what's important now hmm. you can answer that question. You're back in the moment that you're in. Um, so some guys, what they'll do is they'll write W I N as an acronym, um, on their glove or somewhere where they can just reconnect um, in between pitches to really bring their mind back to that moment. So that's something I practice myself on a daily basis. Um, and my, my favorite one um, is asking the question, what's important now and, and breathing. Those are the two that work the best for me. Wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. Cause I think, I feel like sometimes when we think of, of the work that you do and, and dealing with the mindset for athletes, I feel like sometimes we think it's this really intricate, deep, complicated thing. And it sometimes it's something as simple as what you just said, breathe, write a little acronym on your glove. And that's the one thing that can have like a complete, um, a complete like mindset shift. And mm -hmm. it's just like it's such a simple thing like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause you know, we get powered what we focus on. And so when you when you, wherever you put your attention, like think of it, like you're, you're giving that thing, uh, you know, like you're walking into a dark room and you have a flashlight, your attention is like that flashlight. Like you're, it's going to light up whatever it is you're pointing it at. So when it comes to the fear of the future or the, uh, you know, ruminating about a past mistake, like that thing is going to illuminate and become like a, like the most focal point of your world in that moment when your attention's there and when you're pointing your flashlight there. So uh, what I like to do is readjust where we're pointing it to the current moment because the thing that I think is important about our response and mental toughness a lot is about accepting reality and choosing our response. Because let's be real, there's a lot of things that aren't going to go well. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, I don't know, these false ideas of what mental toughness is, is that, oh, we just don't, they don't go through these things. They don't have difficult circumstances. They don't go through failures. They don't go through these mistakes. Well, that's just simply not true. It's just their response is different. That right. when they have mistakes, the gap between the mistake and their response is way smaller than the average. Mm -hmm. And so it, it lessens its impact. Wow. That's really good. Yeah, I'm just, and, you know, I like your analogies of, um, you know, looking too far ahead and, you know, too, you know, far in the past and just, the, I'm just, I'm picturing it now, like with the flashlight, like, you know, illuminating that spot. 
Um, just, you know, you know, of course, right now with COVID, it's just totally messed with the sports world <laughs> everywhere, you know, yeah. and then especially just, you know, at the high school level, and I'm just, I'm seeing it firsthand. So I'm just going to, re- I'm going to reel it back to like at the, at the, you know, public school level and high school level. Um, a lot of sports are just kind of like, well, we don't know. We're just going to try to follow the guidelines and do, you know, the best that we can do. So what, if you, this is a loaded question and it can probably go in many different directions, but what kind of, I guess, advice would you give to coaches of those student athletes of just how, how to focus on the here and now, but there's also like COVID going on here and now, and just, you know, not knowing, you know, I can, I can imagine them looking in the future and just like not being unsure and then not distracting kids mm-hmm. from the now, maybe sometimes, maybe they're like, oh, we're not going to play. So I'm not going to try right now. Um, you know, and then, you know, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of athletes who are just, uh, not themselves in terms of like, I don't have my sport right now. And that's, you know, they, they place their identity on their sport so much. Um, so I guess that's a loaded question, but what kind of advice would you give to those coaches, like to kind of help their student athletes to stay in the present, like you said, with the breathing and stuff? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is I, is getting, uh, getting clear on what their current reality is. Um, I think that we tend to focus on what the reality should be or what the reality isn't. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't do us a whole lot of good because it kind of, uh, ties our hands behind our backs. Like there's not a whole lot we can do about what should be and what means, but we have a lot of power in what is. And so first it's, I would say to recognize like what is right now our reality and then being able to look at is there any part of this we can change most of the time especially when it comes to covid there's not no there's nothing we we don't have control over this we don't have control over what's happening we're not calling these policies we're not doing we're not we we don't have any control over that so sitting there and worrying about that or ruminating about that um while it may feel like a release in some way in the moment it's not going to actually move the needle forward one bit if anything else, it may limit the, the moving of the needle at all. So right. for me, I, I think it's really important to get clear on what reality is first and then accepting it that. Accepting it as our reality. You don't have to like it, but you have to accept it because there's nothing we can do. And so when we give effort to things we can't change, our effort's wasted. When we give effort to things that we can, our effort is effective. And so for me, that's where I, the, the skill that I've been, I mean, I think every mental coach is teaching right now and continues to push, no matter how hard it is, is really identifying what you can and cannot control. And we cannot underestimate our ability to improve, our ability to learn, our ability to continue to push the needle forward despite our circumstances. Like we're, we're better than that. Like I know our organization's better than that. We looked at this and we said, the best team the, like the teams that are going to be in the playoffs are going to be the teams that don't look at this as a setback. They look at it as an opportunity. And I think people, one huge predictor of success is your ability to see opportunity in the struggle. And I think there's lots of opportunities and I think they're overlooked quite a bit. And so that would be one of the things that I would suggest is help them find the opportunity, help them see reality and go, okay, what can I, what can we do within this? And what are the things I can still control? Because when we get overwhelmed, one of the first things to go is our sense of control. And so I would, I would take a piece of paper, I would put a, draw a big circle in the middle of it, and in the circle, write everything you can control. And outside the circle, 
write everything you can't and let that serve as a visual reminder when you start going down that rabbit hole. Right. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I just, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, I think that's really important for them to hear just, you know, cause I'm sure it's like even the, even coaches or whoever teachers like me (laughs) and admin and whoever else, it is hard not to like worry about like, all these changes and all these rules and it's like it's just it can be super stressful so I think it's important even for like the adults you know in the situation to remember like you know this is like you said like the visual this is what we can't control and this is what we can't control and it's it's so much easier said than done I I do realize that because it's 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 not easy especially if we haven't trained our minds to think this way your mind is going to reject it at first. So it's going to take repetition. It's going to take a reminder, which is why I like a visual reminder and putting it somewhere that you see it every day. I'm like, okay, continuously. I know this is true. It's hard for me to like, for my brain to like agree with it right now, but I know this is true and remind yourself that on a daily basis. Um, because I, you know, I, I always say, you know, mental toughness and mental conditioning and these mental skills, they're not a light switch. They're not just going to like you can't just go flip it on when you need it. It's something that you have to practice on a daily basis. And so, uh, and so right there, that's, that's one of the ways that we can do that. Yeah. That's that's, that's cool. You just said too, because I feel like the mental conditioning is something that you don't need to be playing your sport to practice, right? Like every single day, basically every decision you make, every moment that you find yourself in, there's an opportunity to develop that mental conditioning. So it's not like you have to be in the gym like you do to, you know, develop your, your muscles. You, you're kind of with it all the time. And mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of, like you said, are you going to be willing to, I guess, recognize it or try to try to, you know, be, be aware of it and, and what your, your mindset is at all times. Yeah. And, and one last thing I wanted to say about stress, because Deb, you mentioned that is that the way you interpret stress will determine how it affects you and how it impacts you. And so like this, it's very similar to what we're talking about is that like looking at it as a reality or looking at the should and what it should, what it should be and what it isn't. It's, it's really focusing on like the way that you interpret this is going to determine its impact is going to determine how much it affects you. So it's, it's really important to, in order to be the example, especially to our student athletes or to, um, you know, anybody in general is to make sure that if we're going to tell them to do this, that we also have to do it too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with obviously your guys's season was completely different, uh, you know, shortened season, this, the schedule is all goofy and all that. And obviously for the high school level, you know, sports, <laughs> the normal sports that would be happening right now are all pushed back. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of throws off how a normal year would go, but for, the athletes that you work with at the professional level, obviously when it comes to physical training, you have your off season program, you have your in season program and you know, everything that you kind of do throughout the year. It's, not, it's a full-time job, right? It's not like you just during the season you're training and then you get to take the rest of the time off. It's, it's like you're constantly working on your body. So when it comes to the mental side of things, is it similar where there's like an off season program and in season program and you're focusing on different parts of the game or is there just certain things that athletes deal with that they have to work on throughout the entire year? Yeah, I said yes to all of that. Uh, yeah, there's. I think I think there are things depending on the athlete, depending on the level, um, that it's the focus is going to be a little bit different. Like for instance, our our minor leaguers had no season at all, right? Which is insane. Like they wow. did not play at all. Right. So um, I would say that it just depends on the person, 
the situation and what they need to work on. Um, oftentimes there's a lot of different, there's a lot more swing changes, you know, uh, uh, pitching changes, mechanic changes, mechanical changes, all that's happening typically more often in the off season, sure. um, to get you ready for season. Because again, especially with a really shortened season, like every game counts. Mm-hmm. So while it's, you know, 60 games versus, you know, you know, 150 games, um, the difference is huge. So you can't even give up, you know, one game of let's just work on it and let's see how it goes. It's like every game matters. So I think that probably that changes things a little bit. I'm definitely, you know, I'm not a coach in any shape or form, but uh, in terms of trends, like that's what I've seen. So I would say, yeah, it changes. And then on the mental side for us, um, I actually think that's probably more consistent. Sure. Based on we, so we work, so we work, as a team with every player. So every player has, you know, all these different departments that work with them. We're a small piece of that puzzle. So we work with the staff, all the different staff members to kind of help determine what mental skill we're going to be working on and teaching them. And so um, that can also change based on what they're giving them and what we think is going to support that change or that, um, that tactic they're learning. So, uh, so that's one way that we do it. But on the mental side, we do, we work, all year on it because what we believe is you don't have to be sick to get better. So, you know, we're, we're not just like, Oh, well you're not, you're not playing. So you're not winning or losing. So you don't need this. No, to me, I'm like, guess what? There's a lot of people that are going to have excuses. They're going to point blame. They're going to use their circumstance as a reason not to work. Mm-hmm. And you have the, this is the opportunity in the struggle. This is the one I was talking about. You have an opportunity to show up to spring training next year and be that much better because you took advantage of the opportunity while mm-hmm. other people didn't. Right. And yeah. I was, I mentioned that. I'm glad you said that. Cause I've mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast and I'm, uh, I'm glad I didn't sound stupid when I mentioned it because I felt like with this whole pandemic and especially the high school athletes, because you know, their opportunity to train maybe just look different with, you know, certain gyms being closed and all of that. So I was, I've been saying that once things get back to, normal or once the season actually happens, I think it's going to be very clear who's been working. And I think it's going to be very clear who's been putting the work in and who's stayed mentally tough during this entire process and who's allowed it to become, uh, an excuse, I guess. And, um, I feel like you can say that about any level, but I think especially at the high school level, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how those athletes compete. Well, you know, I think Inky Johnson said it best when he said hard work's undefeated. Like you, you, you know, who showed up when they show up and you know, who did the work, like you you can't, you can't pretend to show up. You know, you can pretend to care. You can pretend to, you know, love what you do, but you can't pretend to do the work and show up. Like that's, that's just not a thing, which thank God for that. right? Right. And so we can tell immediately who put in the work and who didn't. And it's, it's clear as day, the first day of spring training, yeah. We can see it. And right. so uh, that's what I, I mean, I always tell guys like, look, no one's forcing you to do anything. This is your career. And the question I always ask, how do you want to show up on spring training day one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want staff to be saying about you when they see you? Like, mm-hmm. What is that? What, what do you want? Okay. If that's what you want, what do we need to do now? Like right. for instance, I was talking to an athlete um, and we were talking about uh, accountability and he said, you know, I, I really struggle with accountability. And so I gave him a couple options of things that we could do. And um, he's like, and one of them was tracking some things. 
and a tracking to where multiple people could see the tracking and kind of hold them accountable. He's like, oh, well, I don't really like to track things. And I was like, well, see, you can't have it both ways. Like there's other, there's other ways we can, we can hold you accountable other than tracking, but like, you can't have it both ways. Like you either want this or you don't like, you can't right. say I want to be accountable and then not put in the work to be accountable. That tells me mm-hmm. you don't really want to be accountable. Mm-hmm. So choose one yeah. and whatever it is, I'm fine with it. It's your career, not mine. Uh, but right. which one do you want? And right. I think it was like, kind of like, Oh God, you <laughs> 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 may have jumped in his chair, but I was like, seriously, like, this is jumped. so important. You need to know, like, this is so important for you to make this distinction because this could mean you are, you have a job next year or you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that the smallest details are the most important, or sorry, are the most dangerous the habits, the things that you don't see right with their impact right away, like the big details are obvious because their impact is immediate. But the small details are, are the most dangerous because their impact is not immediate. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's easy to push off because you're like, well, if I just don't go to the gym today, it's like no big deal. Because you don't go to the gym once and get fit. You don't like walk out fit. You get fit going to the gym every day mm-hmm. um, for you know, 30, 20 to 30 minutes. And so I always say like, those are the most important ones. Why? Because you won't notice their impact until way down the line and it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, it kind of, this is going to kind of take a right, right turn, right hand turn, but something you said made me think of this connection. So did you watch the last dance documentary? Yes, I did. Okay. So there was a, I want to say it was episode six or seven. There was that really moving moment where, uh, Michael Jordan was talking about how they asked him like, Hey, how do you feel about people not thinking you're a good guy or, or not, people not liking you when you're playing? And he, you know, he kind of breaks down in that moment. I don't know if you remember that specific moment, but he kind yeah. of breaks down. And you know, one of the things he was saying was, Hey, I never, you can ask any of my teammates. I never asked them to do something that I wasn't also willing to do. And it goes back to that accountability thing that you're talking about where it's like, yeah, it's like, if you want to get the best out of people, you have to be, you know, I think, I'm sorry, if you want to have people get the best out of you, I think you have to be accountable. So um, kind of a two-part, I guess just what did you think about that documentary? And is that like a, is Michael Jordan just a a really extreme case? (laughs) Or is that like, would that be beneficial for other people to maybe implement a little bit of that in what they do? Well, first of all, I I loved that documentary. I was hooked. Amazing. Um, but also I think that every person's different. So I think one of the cool things about somebody like Michael Jordan and, and the next person that comes to my mind is like Kobe. Um, and they're definitely on an extreme. I don't think, I think the majority is definitely not like that. I think yeah. that's why they stood out the sure. way that they have. Um, and I think the important piece to that is, and Tiger Woods says this in an interview that um, the greats, it's not necessarily because they've, they've won it's because of their duration that they don't just win for a week. They don't just win for a month. They don't just even win for a year. They can win for a decade, a decade plus. And so they've created a process that works so well and they are so committed and willing to do that, that you have to sacrifice everything else. And I think um, one of the things that uh, I talk about with our guys that come in uh, that we get, you know, sorry, when we we first draft them is we talked about what it's going to mean to be like, you have to prepare to be unrelatable. Mm-hmm. because what it takes is at times a lot of people, the majority are not going to understand. They're not going to relate to you. 
but it's important to know that it's not their dream to understand it's yours. And I know for somebody like Michael Jordan, um, I, it may not work for everybody and that's okay. I don't think it's going to, but I do think that um, success leaves clues. And so we can take bits and pieces and we can try it on for size, especially Mm -hmm. when we're kind of learning what works for us and we're learning our process. One of the ways to do that is to find somebody that is successful, try it on, see what works, see what doesn't and start. That's how you start to build and, and figure out what works best for you by the process of elimination, by trying it on. Yeah. I don't really like that. That doesn't work very well for me. And then doing something else and finding what is, um, because I don't really think any of us quite know what works for us until we do it. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think Michael Jordan's way is the only way. Um, I think there's many other ways, but I also think that that there's nothing wrong with trying it on and seeing like, Hey, does this work for me? Yeah, no, that's really good. Cause I feel like I've mentioned that before about coaches and and coaching styles. I think sometimes we, we read certain Mm -hmm. things or we hear certain interviews and then all of a sudden, we want to emulate that coach that we're, you know, we're listening to. And just like you said, sometimes it, it's not going to fit well. Like I'm, I'm more of a reserved person. I, there's, I can't be Michael Jordan. I know that I could try it on. Like you said, eh, probably not going to fit. And so that's okay though. But I think the, the problem some people run into, and I don't know if you've seen this in what you do, sometimes they try to be something that they're not and they just can't let it go because they're so determined to be that, even though naturally it doesn't quite fit their personality. And I feel like it could be a kind of a, a weird situation because it doesn't feel authentic, right? It feels like you're, you're trying to be something rather than, Hey, I tried this method and actually fit my personality really well. And it's making me better rather than like, I tried this and I'm really, I really want to be this, <laughs> but it's not naturally what I am. A hundred percent. And you know what? I experienced this um, when I worked at IMG Academy mm. and I interned under Justin and uh, mm. you know, some other gr- great names. And I wanted to be like them so bad. And I remember I, you know, I tried to like in my, in my sessions that I would deliver and nothing ever felt right. But, you know, I, I tried it on and I realized nothing was authentic. It wasn't landing. And that's when I was like, okay, I like this concept. How would I say it in my own words? And so the way that I, I, I to this day, I use this same technique. I think to myself, how would I explain this to my mom? How would I explain this concept to my mom? Because I can be fully, like, I can be fully myself. I can say exactly how I want to say it. And I'm not going to copy it word for word because I know it well enough that I can tell her in my own words. So what is it that, how is it that I would say it? And so for anybody that's struggling to, you know, do something like that is like, you know, how would you say that to your friend? How would you say that to somebody you really trust? Um, That's what I did. And the first time I did that, I mean, it landed so well. And it was because it was 100% authentic to me. Sure, we may have been teaching the same principles, but it was in my own words. And that was hard for me originally. So I do feel like there's nothing wrong with trying things on for size. But when you can recognize something's inauthentic, don't also be afraid to be flexible. No, be be rigid in your approach, but then be flexible in, in the way that you do that. Um, be rigid in your goals, but be flexible in the way, in your process. And so don't be afraid to, you know, if you, if it doesn't work, try something else. Yeah. yeah. I love that. that. I, I think that applies not only to like coaches, like what Josh was just saying, Lauren, but like to players as well. Like sometimes there are, you know, there's different dynamics of players on teams. Like, you know, like for high school sports, you have like the captain um, who can, you know, just be like take charge and control. And then you can have like a teammate who's, 
a little more reserved, but is more like, is like respected and will give and will help out in different ways. Um, I remember playing softball in high school and then a little bit, you know, in junior college and just on my travel teams and the dynamics on the team were so different. And I would try to like be, you know, be just like, you know, my first baseman and her personality and how she pumps everyone up and yeah, and it didn't work for me. <laughs> and so I think it's important for players to, you know, student athletes and that, you know, to realize that too, that they just need to be themselves in terms of what works for them so that the dynamic of the team works together as a function. That's just something that popped into my brain just now yeah. because it's really good how you describe that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Hey, I just want to say this. I feel like this needs to be said. Deb, I don't know if you agree with what? me. I feel like the IQ of the show goes way up when Lauren's on. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel so like much. this podcast oh. just gets way better. And way I don't better. know. Maybe you guys need some better guests. That's, it. That's where we're, the gauge is being set. I <laughs> know. Oh, our credibility goes way up, man. That's what like I'm saying. Just... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is why we have you We on. sound like... so smart when she's on her podcast with us. Know, Wait, can, like, you tell us? can you tell my husband that? <laughs> <laughs> It, well, how about this? If you if you could tell my wife the same thing about me, it doesn't have to be true. If you just lie to her, that'd be done awesome. and done. All right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a, a spouse uh, compliment swap. It'll be awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to I mention this too. We've been we've just kind of uh, dove deep into the mental stuff. This is not serious at all. Uh, my next three questions for you. This is not even really a question, but um, man, I think it was like three or four months ago. I was jogging. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to put your business out there. But I was jogging in an area that I don't usually jog. And I passed someone who I thought was Lauren. And then I said, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because I've done that a couple of times. And it's like, oh, that was not at all the person I thought it was. And then I'm saying hi to a stranger. Didn't want to do that that morning. But I uh, sent you a DM later. I said, hey, were you, you know, on, this, um, on this trail? And you're like, yeah, I was. I'm like, oh, cool. I saw you. Now, the more I thought about it, and I told my wife this, when I looked back, you were kind of like looking over at like overlook. And then I thought in my mind, I was like, I could have like been there for her process. How cool would that have been? It's like she had like some like deep thing that she was doing. It's like, I completely missed out. But I was also- well, you did it because I was just admiring the view. Okay, that's, not, <laughs> that's not how I saw it in my head. So I'm going to just pretend you didn't say that. Well, whatever it was, we'll just keep it whatever you thought it was. But um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't that. But okay. I, I will say that, yes, I Quite. remember that. And that's so funny because um, I was like, oh, I think. I run that trail all the time. Uh, it's yeah. one of my favorites and that view is one of my favorites. And so yeah, I just go awesome. there and it's just like a nice little, it's like my little reset. And honestly, you know what? I kind of guess I do have a process without even really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> is that I, I focus on what I'm grateful for when I'm there. Because for whatever reason, mm. whenever I go back to that spot, I just admire the beauty of where we live. And, yeah. um, and it's like a moment of like gratitude for me. So I guess like without nice. even like, making it so yeah. I kind of do that naturally okay yeah. that's what it seemed like so yeah. it seemed like it was like yeah something was going on there it's like I don't know some some breakthrough was about to happen so I'm like I'm really <laughs> glad I didn't interrupt that just in case that's the case you know yeah. I was not having a breakthrough time, I'm like, please interrupt it's fine okay sounds good that, you know I should though because I needed a break I felt like I was gonna die at that point <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so far from my car right now um <laughs> Hey, so um, obviously with, during this whole, this whole pandemic, people have been, you know, finding new passions, finding new things that they love doing, or they've found more time to do the things that they love. But based on your, uh, your Instagram, it seems like you found a passion for mountain biking, you and your husband. So how did that start? Um, you know, honestly, it started with, uh, with COVID and everything that happened. And we had a couple of friends that have done it um, quite a bit. And 
you know, my husband and I, we actually, before, even before COVID, we started biking in Tampa and not, obviously there's no mountains to bike. There's, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of trails. Actually, we, we did one trail and there was a bunch of alligators. Now, Grant, not near us, but they're like, we, you bike to this place and it's like all alligators in this like creek and it's creepy. Oh, I didn't like it. That sounds terrifying. Uh, it was, it was a little terrifying, uh, cool at the same time, but I was like, okay. I did that once and I need to do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we got, but when we got home, we started doing it a lot and not really any trails, but just, uh, like not any dirt trails. It was all like paved trails. And then, um, one of our friends says mountain biking and I was, we were like, Hey, let's, let's try it. And so we did. And it was, you know what it is? There's such a, I think there's such a benefit to being a beginner again. Because there's something about the pursuit of mastery that that competitive spirit that comes out that when you're not doing something new, we kind of forget a little bit. And um, I think that's one of the the beauties of being a beginner is that you, you forget about all these things. You forget about all the stages. And I think being really aware of like every stage and knowing that it's going to take repetition to get better and having to like remind yourself of all these things and, um, and honestly, like, you know, things that a lot of athletes come to me about, I was reminded of, and I experienced them as I'm going through and, and learning this, this new skill. And I am really not great at it. <laughs> First day I, I, you know, my, I pulled the wrong brake and my bike flew out from underneath me. And, oh. um, and then my, my second, uh, actually attempt, I, our friends are crazy. They took us on a pretty intense, like. I think it was like 17 miles, like all incline. I remember like cursing them at one point, like <laughs> you're not really my friend. Um, and, but at the end I was so proud. Like you're never upset after you finish something like that. So I was so proud and it like kept me like, you know, after a little bit of time had passed, it's like, you know, it wasn't, it didn't seem so hard anymore. So I was like, Oh, let's go again. And then the third time, um, I actually flipped over the handlebars. Mm. That was, and it was in oh, slow-mo. No. So I didn't get, I really didn't get the promise, <laughs> but it was like one of those like slow motion, uh, moments. But every time I did, I learned something new about mountain biking and, and got better. I mean, incrementally better and better. So it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Deb. I know. I'm just going to go on a tangent about my indoor soccer, but I won't go there. <laughs> That's how I feel Jeez, about when I started playing soccer. <laughs> it's the same rush, though. No, Lauren, like, it's just, it's like as an adult, like, learning a new sport. I hated soccer when I was, like, I played it in middle school. I hated it. Absolutely, like, I was like, nope, this is too much running. Let me go back to softball, where I just throw the ball as hard as I can. But, like, as an adult, learning it and doing it, like, it is so fun. And it is. It's more, it's, like, invigorating, like, the challenge, especially if you have, like, a competitive spirit about you. And it's just a good feeling to, like, learn something new. And especially if you're coachable, like, I'm sure you were, you were, you're coachable in terms of, like, learning, you know, how to, you know, you know, adjust the brakes or however, you know, however that may be. Um, And it's just, it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you're definitely like a true mental coach. If the first thought after you flew over the handlebars is like, I think I can learn from this. My first thought would not have been that at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not made for this. I'm, t- I'm terrible at this. What am I doing? Well, like, I, you know what? I knew the mistake I made the moment I made it. Yeah. Um, it's just I, my reaction time hasn't been practiced enough. So it's not, it's not a response yet. I have to really think right. through it. It's like any habit. At first, 
it's going to be a little bit unbearable because you, you have to really think in order to execute. But when you do it often enough, at some point it becomes automatic. And it's just not automatic for me right now. It's automatic for me to pull the brakes at the wrong time. Um, it's not automatic for me to kind of think about, okay, when you're in the air, you have to let go of the brakes. Mm. And um, so that when you land, your, your, bra- your tire doesn't lock up and you fly mm. over the handlebar. So it's, and that's all it was, but it was kind of cool, like, you know, in the moment being able to recognize like, oh, that's because I haven't practiced that enough. So every time now I, I get any air, which is not very much, uh, very few, <laughs> far between. But when I do, the thing I tell myself is like, hands off the brakes. So mm-hmm. it's a constant reminder. Interesting. And I feel yeah. like that, that kind of stuff's got to be cool too, right? Because like any of those life experiences that you have, you can just like use that as an illustration for one of your sessions. Mm-hmm. It's like, 100%. there's always a benefit to it. That's awesome. Yeah. There a hundred percent is like anytime I screw up, I make a mistake, anything like that. I it's, it's an instant story to, right. to tell my athletes and to talk about, because I, I really, really truly believe that what, one of the things that makes a good mental coach is their ability to relate. And how do you relate than to live it? Right. Like there's no better way to relate than that way. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, that there are still things that we can do like, and you know, in the situation that we're in that mm-hmm. we'll challenge ourselves. And I always tell our athletes, like we're, we're better. We're more creative than that. Like regardless if there's any kind of roadblocks, like I, we're more creative than that. We'll figure something right. out. We'll find yeah. a way. And so we found a lot of ways to practice mental skills, not only for myself, but for our athletes. Um, yeah. even despite the situation we're in. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. It's just like, it's, it's awesome. not really a failure. It's just research for your profession. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. That's what I tell yeah. my husband. It's just research. It's just research. Yeah. Research. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, to do that. Yeah. Um, hey, so, man, I have a couple more questions. We, we want to be respectful of your time, too. So we don't want to oh, too please. Um, so I got to be careful. I didn't, I didn't ask you this question beforehand. I don't think it'll be a problem. If it is, we'll just cut it. But obviously, I'm not asking about anything specific or anybody that you've worked with specifically, but, um, something that happens in professional sports sometimes is what they call the yips. Uh, I'm sure that anybody who knows sports understands what that is. I mean, I think one of the more, more popular famous cases was Rick Ankiel, um, the former Cardinals pitcher. And you see it, you know, all the time, not all the time, but you've seen videos of this type of stuff happening. It's really a bizarre situation. Is that, is it a physical thing? Is it a mental thing or is it a little bit of both? Because sometimes I, I've seen stuff on both sides. So in your opinion, where does the blame lie, I guess? I think it probably starts, it probably leads with mental. Um, yeah. But honestly, the two things that are, the thing that's really important to know is that they can both impact each other in different directions. Hmm. So our physical can impact our mind. Uh, you know, any kind of action that happens can then impact the way that we think. But also the opposite is true. The way that we think can also impact what we do. So I do think that probably into some degree it is both for sure. Um, and but it, it's it's an interesting thing for sure. And I, I wish that there was a there was a quote unquote like perfect cure. I think that one of the ways that we can we label the yips is a misplaced uh, focus. Um, hmm. we're focusing on the wrong thing at the wrong time or the right thing at the wrong time. Um, I think that a misplaced focus has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it is a very interesting case. So in, in every case is different. Right. Yeah. It's just a, it's a really 
it's a weird thing to see. Like, I, I think not too long ago, I forgot which, I don't know if it was ESPN or who did it, but they did like a whole documentary on it. And you just mm-hmm. see like this montage of athletes getting it where like they came and throw the ball back to the pitcher from as like, as a catcher, they can't throw it back and, right. or they can't like, they literally can't throw the ball. And like, it's just such a, such a bizarre thing. And the fact that you said it's like, they haven't found a cure for it. I mean, the, the fact that you use the word cure is like, it's a crazy thing. It's not like, Hey, how do we adjust? Which, or how I don't do we even know if that's, yeah, I don't even know yeah. if that's the right word, you know, but sure. we haven't, yeah. so there's not like a strategy that has been successful yeah. for multiple people. There's different strategies that ha- that can be successful for different individuals, but we haven't found something across the board that works uh, in theory or otherwise. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, it's crazy. Well, like I remember, sorry, it's just side note. I remember when I was younger, like 10 years ago, I was coaching high school softball for the first time. And I was actually a few years out of high school myself. And I remember one of my players, um, she like could not throw the ball all of a sudden. (laughs) And like the head coach was getting so frustrated with her and I had to like pull her aside and I just made her like do a quick throw with me. And she like still couldn't. And I did not know how to help her. And so like, just knowing that way back then, I just now remembered that I'm like, Oh, okay. Because it it's, feels helpless yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't think, stop thinking about it. And she's like, I don't know what to do. It just was, yeah. I did not know how to help her as a coach. It was weird. Yeah. It was it's, crazy. Uh, there, we've had one case where we, uh, I, it was like a long, I think it was like my first year. And um, he ended up, you know, uh, retiring. Mm. And wow. after after probably like a year and a half and and there was there was like ups and downs of like a lot of progress made and then it wouldn't like it, essentially what was happening was like progress was being made and then one mistake and it was like reverting all the way back to the beginning wow so it was uh yeah it was it was definitely a, a difficult case and it was it, it struggle i mean as a team like you know we we i work with a team i'm a big team. Um, and, uh, many of us, you know, worked together on that and it was not easy. Wow. So speaking of the, the big team that you work for, I'm, I'm just curious. So if they win the world series, do you get a ring? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah she, heck yeah, she does. That's why, that's why figure, they win because I'm, they yeah. have her. Duh. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, well, that's definitely not why. Uh, <laughs> Because we didn't win this year. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I would get one, which would be amazing. And in my director and my associate director, they both have them. Um, one of my coworkers has them. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's, it's, I mean, it's cool to even just see, um, you know, most of them don't, aren't wearing them to the office. But uh, there are some, they, they come in either like a ring form or a necklace. Um, oh. And some of the women uh, that have worked there for a while in the front office, they have the necklaces. And so those are kind of cool. Like, can I see it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, cool. I've had the chance to hold one. One of our really early guests, uh, Butch Bacala, he worked as a scout, head scout for, I think, the Braves, Reds, and then uh, at the end, the Mariners. But he mm-hmm. had a, um, a Braves World Series ring, and I got to hold it. And he made me give it back, <laughs> but it was cool for yeah. a few seconds. Sure so. Enough. Okay. Interesting. Again, that yeah. was not, see, this is what I'm saying. We're not, we're not a uh, professional on this podcast that gave no value that's to anybody that's listening. Why I love this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, we don't care if she gets a ring. It doesn't matter to us. Like, yeah, but <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, um, so I was listening to the podcast that we did with you uh, earlier today, just to kind of make sure I didn't go over the same questions. But I know last time we asked you if you had any book recommendations, 
Uh, I think you uh, recommended the Goggins book. You recommended Relentless, um, which I actually ended up buying for one of my brothers off of your recommendation for his birthday. Um, and there may have been one other, I can't remember. So how about right now, as of today, what books are you recommending? What have you read that you would recommend for coaches and athletes? Hold on, let me look up my list. I am a big Audible person. Oh, okay. Big Audible. Um, right now, though, I'm reading the Four Hour Work Week on paperback. That's oh. the one I'm, I'm like actually. I have a. I do physical and audible. Um, oh. I would say, let's see here. The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. That's okay. easy. That's a classic. It's very necessary. Essentialism by Greg McCowan. It's a really okay. good one. Talking about the discipline pursuit of less. Hmm. Um, let's see here. I don't know if I said Atomic Habits last time by James Clear, but that's an incredible one. Um, I would highly, highly recommend that. And I would say also, especially for coaches, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Mm. And teachers. Okay. Grit by Angela Duckworth. Okay, perfect. Anybody heard that you have some reading to do? She has hooked you up with like four or five books. So no excuses, just get the book. (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't like to read, like she said, Audible. Audible, Audible is a great Audible. Book. It's and I, I a lot of them I have on Audible. Some of them I'm reading paperback, but um, I like I like both. Okay. Um, any any shows? I, I I asked you this last time, but you have you seen Billions yet, or have you like really watched Billions? Yes, parts of it. Yes, and I my players are like, you know who you are. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like you told me before that was like you're Wendy I'm like yeah. I think that's a I think that's a good thing because I that from the clips I've seen I'm like okay I'll take it yeah. uh, but I, I still haven't seen like the full thing in its entirety but I've seen I've seen plenty of clips okay I'm probably gonna next time you're on the show I'm probably gonna ask you again just because I'm curious I love okay. that show but I, I really need to watch it then <laughs> you're gonna hold me accountable <laughs> yeah Probably not, but if, if all your players are doing it, then it might be worth a watch. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a good character True. to be uh, associated with for sure. Yeah. Hey, so. I'll take it. There we go. I'll take it, that's for sure. But any other shows, um, I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm probably not a good person to ask because my husband and I rewatch Parks and Recreation almost every night. <laughs> oh, nice. I've never seen it. Nice. So I, it's, it's one John- of our shows. Yeah. Josh, you would like it because it's kind of Lauren. Do you guys watch The Office, or have you guys watched The Office? Yeah, it's kind of similar to The Office, kind of. but I like the characters right. better in this yeah. one. Mm. The storyline oh, okay. a little bit better. So yeah, I, you got to get past though, like the first season. The first season's not wonderful, but the second season's like where it starts getting good. Okay, cool. Yes. Walk away with some books and the TV show. This right, is pretty good. And a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of mental knowledge too. It's not bad. Of course, always. Uh, so I'm trying to think. I, I feel like I went through all my lists. I could ask you like a million more questions, but like I said, I don't want to uh, keep you forever. So well, uh, ask away. If you have anything else that you have, um, I've got time. But totally, <laughs> okay. just let me know. And if you ever have other questions that you just want answered, like you know, you have my email. Yeah. Oh, I feel like you shouldn't have said that because that's going to happen. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I'd be happy to answer them. Okay. Okay. Well, I do have, let me ask you this one last question. Yeah. So obviously you being in the sport of baseball over the last, however many years, there's this, this, you know, divide, a little bit of a divide, right? Um, maybe more amongst fans, not so much organizations about, you know, analytics versus like traditional baseball. Right. And so there's always like when you introduce those new things, right, there's going to always be resistance. Even like you mentioned, like even trying to um, 
condition your mind, there's going to be resistance from your mind to try to, you know, break down some of the things that you're used to, to thinking. So when it comes to working with, uh, mental conditioning coaches, just in general, in the sports world, is it a pretty like well received thing? Or do you still, do you have a group, a group of people that are like, I don't need this. Like, I, I know how to play the sport. I know how to compete. And I'm just not, I'm not about this. Or is it a pretty like widely accepted thing that like, Hey, if I want to be successful at the highest level, I need to have someone here to push my mind further. I think it's pretty widely accepted. However, there's always going to be um, like about five to 10% of people that are like, meh, this isn't for me. And that's totally okay. I think one of the biggest disservices we could do is be like, we are so important. Listen to us. <laughs> like that is the worst thing that we could do. Um, the more important thing is to like, Hey, no, no big deal. Like, you know, that's fine. Like, Hey, we're, we're still cool. I have athletes. I have athletes that like, Hey, every time I see them, I'm checking in on, on their, on their family on like, Hey, I heard your mom just had surgery. How, how is she? Like, that's our relationship. Our relationship isn't like, Hey, how did like, you know, did you put in your mental reps this week? Like, how did this go? Like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about other things, the life things. And the thing that happens a lot of times is that when people notice how much you care about them and that you're willing to, um, you know, despite you're, you're not, you're not interested in getting something from them. You're just, you truly, truly care about them when they need something. They're really willing to come to you. So to me, I think, Hey, whether you, you work with me or not, I'm a support to you in any way, shape or form. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe all you need is like, Hey, how's it going today? Either way, I, your, our relationship is important to me whatever that looks like. And they get to dictate what that looks like. And I think that's the best way to create a relationship. Nobody, nobody forced into a relationship that doesn't go well, right. and it, <laughs> nor should it. And yeah. so for me, I, I had, I remember I had one player um, a couple years ago and we, we do these intake forms, uh, you know, when they first get to get with us or, or during a uh, spring training. And then we, one of our jobs is to go over them, you know, with each individual player, it gives us a chance to meet them face to face, like one-on-one, and then also go through this intake form. And I, he walks in and he's like, I'm going to be honest. And I was like, what? He's like, I filled that out as a courtesy. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate your honesty. There you and go. So now, <laughs> now, literally every year I hold up the intake form when he comes in my office. I'm like, do you want to go over this? And he's like, no. And I just put it aside. I'm like, okay, let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> and so now like, but can I tell you that he now is so interested on the mental side because nobody forced it on him. Nobody yeah. said this is how you have right. to operate. If you don't do this, you're not going to make it. No. Do I have an opinion right. on how it's going to impact you? Sure. But that's not going to help. But what's going to help is showing some grace and going, all right, well then what do you want to talk about? This is your time. How do you want to use it? Right. Like, or, Hey, tell me about you. Tell me about your family. And so actually the, that player and I have a really wonderful relationship and we talk about the mental stuff all the time. And he comes to me with questions. That's the kind of relationship I would want. If I was in his position, I wouldn't want somebody telling me how I should be thinking, but rather interested in my point of view. And so I think that when it comes to it, there's always going to be people that are resistant to it. And the worst thing that we can do is try to uh, avoid that. I think we lean into it and we go, no big deal. All right. Well, we don't got to talk about that today. What do you want to talk about? 
Yeah. Right. I, I love that. Especially, yeah. yeah, I think that's really good for coaches to hear because, you know, right. something that we've found since this, this would be like episode 107, I think, and something that we've found that consistently coaches say, or our guests say, when we ask them, Hey, what coach or teacher or person had the greatest impact on your life? They never, when they choose someone, they never point to, Hey, I remember when that coach in the seventh inning, uh, made that call or they drew up this play in the fourth quarter of this basketball game. It's always, Hey, I remember when I, when I broke my, my leg and the coach was one of the first people to visit me in the mm -hmm. hospital or, Hey, I was in a really dark place after I graduated from high school. And the first person to reach out was this coach, this teacher. So, um, and I, th I think, like you said, I don't know if everybody realizes how great of an impact those things, like you said, the off the, the non-competitive, the non-sports things really have on both that person. And then eventually it's going to, I think it does translate to how they compete for you too, because they're going to want to fight harder for you as a, as your, as your one of your athletes, because they know you care. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you just nailed like human connection. And, um, I think that sometimes we forget about it because, and not because we don't care. I think it's actually because we do. Um, hmm. I think it's because people care so much that they're like, I know this is going to help you. So they're so passionate about it, but in the end they end up damaging that relationship. Right. So right. I think that I don't necessarily think it's coming from a bad place, but I think that sometimes it can be handled poorly in a way where it does more damage than good. So that's why, uh, that's why that relationship first piece, like there's nothing more important than that. I mean, I always think to myself, like, who would I go talk to? if I had an issue or I was struggling, I wouldn't go talk to somebody I didn't have a relationship with. I would right. talk to somebody I did and that I trusted. And so I, you know, that's what I always hope to be for my athletes that they, they can trust me and they can come to me and they can know that like, Hey, I'm not going to tell them like, you're wrong. I'm going to listen. And it, I may not agree and that's okay, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to be there. Right. So I think that's probably the, that's by far the most important thing. But like I said, right. I think I think it more so comes from a place of caring than it does not. Yeah. Right. That was really good. Yeah. I feel like every time we have Lauren on, I wish I would have studied mental uh, conditioning. You know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> so okay. interesting. maybe, maybe I will. Maybe so I will. Interesting, it's super interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, like I said, we, I have like a million more yeah. questions, but if I have more, I'll, I'll email them to you. So um, <laughs> Deb, do you have anything else before we get we out just, of here? We know we're just we're just trying to keep you on here for the next four hours. Is that okay? Fine. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> totally she fine. Said it's fine. I'm here. Yeah. I'll go get the coffee. We'll stay on as long as you right. need. <laughs> we, yeah. we've, we've never had a two-hour well, podcast, so this might be the first. Let's go yeah. for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. No, no. I, lied. I lied. I have one more question. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I think you said it earlier in the podcast, like, or it's like with going to the gym, right? You can't go to the gym and expect to work out for 30 minutes or an hour and then leave just jacked, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. not going to work. It's not how, it's not how it goes. It's a process. Now I'm sure in the, in the mental um, conditioning game, I don't know if you want to call it a game. <laughs> I just did, but like this whole process, right? Yeah. Like there's probably gonna be some moments where you're working with an athlete and um, the desired result or the thing that you're trying to get through to them is going to happen or be re like received quicker. And then other times it's probably gonna take a long time. I don't know if you can even answer this question, but like, what's the shortest amount of time you've seen someone break through with something? And then the longest amount of time you've seen someone <laughs> break through question. with something. It's a great question. Um, actually, I think the shortest was I actually, um, this player, I mean, he was already very, 
well. Like, are you, he was really advanced on the mental side already. And it showed based on the levels he had been to. And he was sent down um, to a level I was working at. And I was at the field and he slams, like throws open my office door and slams it. And I was like, you know, I didn't even say anything. Cause I knew, I knew it wasn't a good, you know, a good scenario. And I knew he was just going to start talking. So he did. And he was like really pissed off. He did not agree with the move. Um, you know, he's like, I'm better than this. And then like doubt, some doubt started to creep in. And he was like, man, like, can I even do it? Like if I can't even do it at that level and I'm getting sent down, how can I do it? Like at the major league level. And, um, and so I asked him, I said, right, I'm going to put you in a scenario and let's pretend that it's game seven of the world series and your catcher goes down and your manager gives you the opportunity to choose who you would have behind the plate. Would you rather have the person that failed a lot getting to where he was or have the person that hasn't failed before has just straight success? Who would you rather have behind the plate? And he's like, Oh, definitely the guy that failed. And I said, why? He said, well, because he knows how to handle these situations. Like he knows how to bounce back. Like he, he's been there before. So I would trust that if something went wrong, he would know how to handle it. And I was like, that's the, that's the answer I was expecting. And I was hoping he would say, yeah. and I told him the story wow. of Mark Owens, who was a um, Navy SEAL. And in his book, No Hero, he tells the story about climbing um, above the Nevada Strip. And he was climbing and out of nowhere, he was just overcome with fear. And he said, you know, I, I, you know, I'm looking up and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, my director and he's, he's, uh, you know, going around everywhere like Spider-Man and I'm looking down and I'm just like overwhelmed with this fear. And my director yells like, Hey man, stay in your three foot world. And he's like, I could barely even like focus on like where I was, let alone like decipher his advice. And, and I I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, you're looking down and he's not going to come help you. You're looking out to the Vegas strip. What are you going to do? Gamble your way to the top. He's like, don't look at me. I can't climb for you. Stay in your three foot world. Mm. So he said, I never forgot those words. Stay in your three foot world. And so I told him the story and I was like, you need to just stay in your three foot world and control what you can and let go of the rest. And that night he went out and he, he performed incredibly and he came mm. off the field and I asked him, he's like, what did you do different? He's like, I stayed in my three foot world. Wow. Um, that was probably um, some, sometimes, and I wouldn't say he necessarily gained a skill overnight. I think it's one he already had, but he just forgot. Sure. Mm. So sometimes we need reminders. Yeah. Um, and the longest one, it's a really good question. Um, longest one to see results I would say probably has to do with um, trusting the process. Mm, okay. I, I can like, for instance, like we have, we have, uh, you know, obviously different players um, that have lasted in a system longer than others, meaning sure. it took them eight to nine years before they even got a major league or major league debut or got, a, got an opportunity. Um, and this one player in particular has been around for, many, many years and has like, you know, I'm not going to say who it is, but he, he, um, has, I, I'm trying to say it without giving away who it is, but, um, <laughs> like looking at his stats, like his stats compared to 
most people that make it in his position were like crazy. Like the amount of games he had played and the amount of, you know, um, God, it's really hard to say it without saying, giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you get, you get my, you kind of my drift. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it was really cool seeing him make it yeah. um, because I remember thinking like, that's what it means to trust the process. Mm. Um, that's the true definition of it because that guy had so many ups and downs. There were times where people were like, he'll never make it. Like he's not, he's just not good enough. Hmm. Like even like staff members that told me that. And I, cause I asked, hmm. I was like, you know, what's the likelihood of making it? And even staff members were like, not great. He just doesn't have this, this or this. And three years later, which he was already in our system for so long before I even got there three years later, I got to watch him make it. And I was like that right there, that is so important because long-term consistency always trumps short-term intensity. Mm, if that's good. Most people are not willing to stick with it as long as it is required. That's why right there, like he, he beat out so many people simply because he kept going and he was willing to continue. And so for me, like one, you can't trust a process unless you have one. So first, like make sure that you develop a process and you can make it as simple as like, here's my goal, write out all the things that you need to do to get it. And then like erase the goal, <laughs> like get your mind off of that end result. Because so many times we're so focused on this end result that we forget like what we need to do now. And when we're focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be, um, a lot of times we're focusing on being perfect because we're focused on the gap versus right. the small progress we're making. Right. Um, and I, and I think one of the, uh, the other things is just persistence is being willing to like, you've got to be willing to take a punch. Like, how are you going to respond when you get punched in the face? Cause at some point you're going to get punched yeah. in the face. And if first you're so focused on that end result, that punch is going to cause you to quit and tap out. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's right there. I think like one of the coolest things is like trusting the process really is a process. And, um, it can take a long time. And mm -hmm. I think that's where you, you have to be willing to sacrifice and you have to be willing to be unrelatable. Wow. That was like a perfect, like, sir, bringing it back together, dropping the mic. <laughs> I know. That was good. <laughs> and on that, that note, yeah, I'm not gonna All ask right. any more questions because that was perfect. <laughs> I promise. I said it twice already. I will not ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was so, awesome though. That was really good. So thank you yeah. again so much for joining us. Um, we always appreciate when you, when you take some time to talk to us. Uh, I'm just going to say this, uh, not a big deal because it doesn't really mean anything and I'm not going to give you an award, but you are like the front runner for my favorite guest of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. again, there's yeah. a, we give out thank fake you. trophies at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. It means nothing, but it's fun for us. It means something to me. So yeah. thank oh, you. there we go. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. No, anytime Josh and I discuss and it's hard for us to pick like, Ooh, who's the favorite so far? Like your name always comes up. Always. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, I will, I will yeah. definitely take that one. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then we leverage that for other guests to make them step up their game. So it works out really well. There you go. <laughs> Here's the bar. You better step up. So, right. um, yeah. where, can, where can people follow you? Just so if anybody doesn't already follow Lauren, um, especially since this pandemic, you've posted mm -hmm. just a lot, like a lot more, yeah. Uh, content and we love it. We love sharing what you do because um, it's just really, really good, like short, simple stuff. So if you're trying to get something like within like a minute or two, Lauren is the person to follow. So where can they follow you on all the social media and all that stuff? 
and they can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Nicole Johnson, uh, Twitter at underscore Lauren Johnson underscore and um, on LinkedIn. And I don't know. I think you just have to look me up. <laughs> I don't go. even know like what that would be, but anyway, yeah. yeah LinkedIn too. <laughs> I post on those three uh, the most, but that's where you can find me. Cool. If you can't awesome. find her, you are not trying. So uh, <laughs> Deb, where can they follow us? Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter at sports character. We're on Instagram at character combine, Facebook, LinkedIn as well. And YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Don't follow us on LinkedIn because I don't post. So go follow Lauren. Stop instead. saying LinkedIn. <laughs> I know. We, we've got to stop saying it. It's there, but it means nothing. So. <laughs> it just sounds cooler when you say more things, you know, on this platform and this one, this platform and this one, this one. I, think it just I agree. Cooler. But like LinkedIn's for professionals and we're clearly not. So we got to no. stop. <laughs> you're my favorite kind of professional. Oh. <laughs> so don't say you're not professional. You're just my favorite type. There you go. Oh. I mean, I might cry now. This is just too much. For me. We're, we're not for, e- we're not for everyone, but we're for Lauren, apparently. There we go. Well, awesome. Well, thank you yeah. again so much uh, and stay safe and stay healthy. Same Thanks, you, Lauren. Right.